This podcast contains audio extracted from the Harry Potter Theory Extra YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we'll be discussing each instant in which Harry Potter, the aptly named boy who lived, was hit with and resisted an unforgivable curse. To start with, I'm going to give a quick rundown of the unforgivable curses themselves. There are, as many of you will know, three unforgivable curses in total. They are the Killing Curse, the Imperious Curse, and the Cruciatus Curse. Each of these curses are, in their own way, incredibly terrible and can often cause irreparable and sometimes, as in the case of the Killing Curse, fatal damage to its victims. The Killing Curse, which is also commonly referred to by the name of its incantation, Avada Kedavra, will immediately kill its victim, while the Imperious Curse can fully possess another person and control their every move. The Cruciatus Curse, on the other hand, is a means of extreme torture and causes incredible pain to its victim. If performed in sustained intervals, the Cruciatus Curse has the ability to make its victim go insane due to the intensity of the pain. While there was once a time long ago when witches and wizards were free to cast these spells at will, Together, the three curses were classified by the Wizarding World as unforgivable in 1717 and banned from use. This classification therefore designates the strictest punishment for any witch or wizard caught using them, which is life imprisonment in the Wizarding Prison of Azkaban. Of course, this classification did little to dissuade the Dark Witches and Wizards throughout the ages from using them, including Lord Voldemort and his loyal Death Eaters. As a result, tragically, Many powerful witches and wizards fighting for good have died at the end of a wand, casting an unforgivable curse. That is, except for Harry Potter, as this young wizard is the only known person to have experienced, resisted, and survived all three curses. So let's take a look at each instance and uncover how he did it. The Imperious Curse We'll begin with the most benign of the unforgivable curses, the Imperious Curse. While obviously it's not a good or moral spell, and it certainly does deserve to be classified as one of the three unforgivable curses, the Imperious Curse isn't nearly as sinister as the other two curses. That is, unless the witch or wizard controlling you were to make you harm yourself or others, I suppose, but my point is that it doesn't always result in its victim being harmed in the same way that the Cruciatus or Killing Curses do. For examples of this, we simply need to observe what took place when Harry Potter himself was subjected to the curse. In fact, the first time that Harry experienced the Imperious Curse was in a classroom at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. This was in his fourth year during a Defense Against the Dark Arts class in which Barty Crouch Jr., disguised as Professor Mad-Eye Moody, performed the curse on the students in his class, with Harry, of course, being among them. During Barty Crouch Jr.'s demonstration, the fake Professor Moody never actually causes harm to Harry or the other students, and as Barty Crouch Jr. is performing the curse on Harry, this is when we see him resist it for the first time. After several attempts to throw off the effects of the curse, Harry finally does resist it, which is believed to be attributed to his exceptional willpower, for in truth, the ability to resist the Imperious Curse wasn't particularly unheard of. The second time that we see Harry experience the Imperious Curse is up against the Dark Lord himself. And back to my point about this being the most benign of the three unforgivable curses, when Voldemort uses the Imperious Curse on Harry, what does he make him do? Of all the great and terrible things he could make the boy wizard, who is prophesied to be his downfall, do, he makes him bow, which must have been extremely anticlimactic due to the fact that Harry once again resists the curse 
and never actually properly bows before him. Once again, Harry's ability to resist this particular curse seems to be due to his strength of determination and ability to put mind over matter. The Cruciatus Curse Harry's ability to resist the Cruciatus Curse wasn't quite as successful as with the Imperius Curse. Both times that Harry was made the victim of this curse, it was at the hands of Lord Voldemort. The first instance was in June of 1995 after the Triwizard Tournament abruptly ended with a horrifying scene in the graveyard of Little Hangleton, which as it turns out was the Dark Lord's official rebirth. While being tortured by Voldemort's Cruciatus Curse, he was said to feel pain beyond anything Harry had ever experienced. His very bones were on fire, his head was surely splitting along his scar, his eyes were rolling madly in his head. He wanted it to end, to black out, to die. Harry was later threatened with the Cruciatus Curse by the absolutely insane Professor Umbridge, but it wasn't until he came face to face with the Dark Lord again that he underwent the curse for a second time. This time, however, Harry was able to resist the effects of the curse. At least, that may have been what it looked like. In reality, Harry never actually resisted this particular unforgivable curse. Rather, the effects of the curse were ineffective due to the fact that the Elder Wand, which Voldemort used to cast the curse, held allegiance to Harry and therefore refused to harm him. The Killing Curse Which finally brings us to Avada Kedavra, the Killing Curse which, prior to Harry Potter, had a 100% guaranteed success rate of murdering its victim. Somehow, Harry Potter managed to survive this curse not once, but twice, firstly as a baby in 1981 and then again as a teenager in 1998. So, how did he do it? How did Harry, as a mere infant, withstand the effects of the most effective killing spell known to the wizarding world? Well, as it turns out, the answer seems to be quite circumstantial, with little to do with Harry and his abilities at all. What I mean is that the first time he survived the killing curse, it was entirely due to the fact that his mother, Lily Potter, sacrificed herself to save him. A form of incredibly potent ancient magic, sacrificial love is a powerful and unpredictable form of protection. Because Voldemort had asked Lily to step aside so that he could murder her child, she was effectively given the opportunity to get out of the way, save herself and run for her life. But she didn't. Instead, she chose to throw herself in front of the most deadly curse in existence, knowing full well that her sacrifice was likely just delaying the murder of her child. She chose to save her baby, even if only for a few more moments. Of course, in what actually happened, neither Voldemort nor Lily ever saw coming. For Lily's willing sacrifice of her own life shielded Harry from the effects of the killing curse and, instead of it ending Harry's life, bounced back at Voldemort and reduced him to a shadow of himself. The second time Harry was hit by the killing curse was a little more than a decade and a half later. This time, Harry was able to resist the curse at the hands of Voldemort due to the hidden Horcrux that had been living inside him since the first time the Dark Lord had attempted to strike him down with Avada Kedavra. He came willingly to Voldemort, accepting that he must die in order to save his friends and loved ones, and that it was the only way to beat the Dark Lord once and for all. In doing so, when he was hit by Voldemort's killing curse, the spell actually destroyed the Horcrux, the Dark Lord's soul fragment, but not Harry. This left Harry in a sort of purgatory state, which you may remember was represented as a visit to King's Cross Station where he chatted casually with a deceased Albus Dumbledore. Here, Harry was given the choice as to whether or not he wanted to return to the world of the living or move on to death. As we all know, Harry chose to return to his life and help defeat Voldemort in what inevitably became known as the Battle of Hogwarts. 
So, as you can see, Harry was only able to actually resist the effects of the Imperius Curse. For both the Cruciatus Curse and the Killing Curse, it was actually the unique circumstances that Harry found himself in that protected him against these two other often fatal spells. And with that, we've come to the end of another video. What did you think? Did I miss anything? Please share your thoughts in the comments below, and as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.